Hey y'all, welcome back. This is Nick, uh, coming at you with part one of our interview series with the boys from Shaking the Southland. Be sure you also stay tuned for part two coming out later on, uh, wherein we cover the second half of the schedule. Um, real quick, wanted to plug the podcast. Be sure you're checking out all of our season preview content, recorded by uh, myself and my co-hosts, Ben, Cody, and Sam. I've got a few more episodes coming to you before the Furman game, so be wait, sure wait, you're subscribed wait, 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 up to wait. the podcast. You can check those out. Thanks again, and as always, go Tigers. You know it's Pluto. Welcome back to the Clemson Podcast. I'm your host, Nick, here with the podcast schedule Orama preview shows. Uh, this is part one. I'm joined tonight by uh, an illustrious panel of Shaken the Southland writers. Uh, we got the film gurus and the social media guru uh, joining us here tonight. Um, so looking forward to this one, boys. Why don't we do an around the horn mic check, guys? Let people know who you are. Why don't we start with Alex? All right. Hey, nerds. I've been on this podcast before. Uh, Alex Kraft, uh, Clemson class of 2013. I focus on the defensive tilt on the film reviews. I'm a little bit of a Brent Venables fanboy. And uh, I also have a phenomenal dog, as you may or may not know. Uh, I'm John McElhaney. I'm the, the t- self-proclaimed tweet czar for uh, Shaking the Southland. I um not very good at my job, but apparently they like keeping me doing it. So I'll do that. Um, I also am like the defensive line guy for some reason. I've written the preview and the review like the last three years. So uh, Dexter Lawrence gifts fill my computer up. <laughs> I'm Matt. I'm even worse at Twitter than John is. And uh, I tend to write about the offense. And Matt goes by the handle DBBM. Uh, later on in the pod, we can shout out everybody's Twitter handle so you guys can gain more and more followers for your Thank amazing you. tweets. Oh, that's sweet. Yes. Um, cool. So this is our Clemson 2018 football schedule preview. Fellas, we are uh, close approaching the season. We're less than two weeks away from the Furman game. Uh, so I thought it'd be great to have you guys on. We could go through our opponents, go through the schedule, um, talk seriously, talk not that seriously if we wanted about this schedule. Um, really good to always connect and, and get um, get your perspective on this football team. Uh, so we'll go game by game, starting with Furman. We'll discuss each opponent in that matchup, um, and we'll just see where it goes from there. I mean, there's a lot uh, a lot facing this Clemson team that, that we certainly talk about a lot here on the podcast, you guys have been writing about. Um, so this is a chance for us to reflect a little bit on our opponents and what's been going on with them in the off season, who we're likely to face. Um, hopefully we learn something and get a few laps here. Um, no real time limit as we cover these teams. We'll um, try to I'll keep keep us moving along uh, once we've uh, kind of exhausted these these matchups. Um, so we we will start with Furman. Of all the opponents that Clemson has historically, uh, we have the fourth most wins against Furman. Um, it's in the 40s. This is like our 57th meeting against them. Um, all time. So uh, they finished third last year in the SOCON. They lost to NC State. They tend to schedule one ACC opponent per season. 
we get them about every five, six years, I'm pretty sure. Um, anything you guys done any reading on this Furman team? Well, uh, I'm glad you knocked them down a peg first. Make sure we, they know that they're, they're not better than us. Um, Furman mm-hmm. needs to stay in their place. But I think the big thing with Furman is you got to remember that news story. They have an insider. They know all our moves. They got that quarterback that plays for them but goes to Clemson. Like They're just going to steal everything. It's going to be Tom Brady's Spygate all over again. Yeah, Nick, I can't believe you disrespected Furman that badly by telling us that they lost to NC State. That's a low blow. Like, Furman's all right. I don't have a problem with them. I took the LSAT there last year. That was fun. Uh, my aunt went there. Um, they were purple. Uh, yeah, that's. I guess that's all the good I can say about them, right? I saw Guster this there. This is a game that's required 90s. by, like, law, right? This <laughs> is a game really we're good. legally required to do, like, a probation requirement every year. <laughs> hmm. Maybe this is the self-imposed probation that they were talking about when uh, Brian and QT go on and on about uh, legacy scholarships, nepotism scholarships. Is that what they mean? It's not just lower than 85 scholarship players. It's also you have to play Furman every few years. Well, I mean, being forced to play such a small South Carolina school does seem like a really South Carolina punishment for some kind of like yep. why or something. Well, maybe switching gears. Uh, they're they're not that <laughs> Their mascot's the Paladin. Uh, I looked up Paladins. Paladins were the knights of Charlemagne's court in, uh, in ancient France. So Furman will likely be donning. I know purple's their primary color. White's oh, their other sense. color. But they're all based on their ground game. Based on the ground game, not a lot of, not a lot of passing. And, yeah, exactly. Uh, are, we, are we likely to see some surrendering maybe by the, the third quarter? Yeah, I think so. Well, I mean, I think it would be smart if we use the defensive ends to invade through Belgium. All right. So that's Furman. <laughs> Thank you, John. Uh, Thank you for that part. <laughs> I mean, uh, you know, in terms of Clemson, what we expect to see in that game, um, obviously this will be a chance to get a lot of experience. We've got a new redshirt rule. Uh, so chances are we will see a lot more guys be playing in that game, um, unless there are strategic you know, delays on using some of the, one of the four eligible games pre-redshirt. Uh, but yeah, I would expect to see some of Trevor Lawrence, a lot of Kelly Bryant um, in this one. And other than that, should I'd, I'd probably bet uh, Clemson on the points in this one. If there is even a line, yeah. Yeah, that would be a line. And they just like don't commit like animal cruelty or whatever. Um, all right, so on to week two. Clemson quickly moves on the road to College Station. Um, taking on Texas A&M. We are 1-3 all-time against them. Last matchup was 2005. We snuck one out against them in Death Valley. Um, was that Charlie Whitehurst? I'm pretty sure that was Charlie Whitehurst. It was. Yeah, it was. was and it's also... Year. Yeah. Year. Year. And it was also the game that um, if you see any Texas A&M fan that's been an A&M fan for a while and you mention that Fran should have gone for two, they will just like melt in front of you. They will. They will. <laughs> I remember this. I think I was a freshman in high school at that game. And, you know, I used to live in Texas. So I spent four years there going, there growing up. My dad's family's all from there. Uh, A&M is probably a school I would have considered if I had not moved back to South Carolina. Um, and they're very similar to us in a lot of ways, which is why we'll be able to make so much fun of them. Um, you know, we're kind of a cult ourselves. We, we worship a rock and we follow a man who goes by Dabo. Um, but A&M is, is beyond any sort of, Cult in in the rest of college football. I mean, you could you could say that about any any Republican aligned organization probably, but A and M is different, and it's going to be really entertaining 
just to see how easy they are to trigger. I mean, you just have to step on one of their 90,000 traditions. And then while I say that, I don't even consider Clemson's 95,000 tradition. Yeah. See, we don't at least like give a dog a military rank, so we have a little inch of high ground. It's an inch, but we got to claim it. Ooh, I don't know. I would love to, you know, let dogs be officers. If we had any sort of program like that, I think that would elevate us. Seeing them like do push-ups every time we score. Fair point. Fair point. <laughs> You're getting ideas for Howie now. I am. Yes, he would be really interested in a football game until the cannon goes off, then he'd probably have a, he'd probably have a little meltdown. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like there was a time where Clemson sort of shunned the purple, um, or at least didn't prominently feature it in yes. uh, uniforms. Um, this was around basically when I was going to school there, certainly through the nineties and um, A&M at one point, red was their color and they, they switched it to maroon. Uh, so yeah, there's tons of parallels, obviously. Well, okay. Well, the purple thing for us, it kind of made sense because it was that like goofy ass, like cartoon purple that like the Joker wears. And now it's like a little bit more muted purple, a little darker. Yeah. Classic yeah. purple. Yeah. And it's also our secondary that, that purple you can That's sit true. with. Yeah. Well, oh, I just remember like 2006, the all purples just looked. Uh, I'm still waiting like, for like now. To drop, like the Grimace alternate. Just <laughs> I know that it's like eventually going to happen to us. I don't know when, but Nike's mm-hmm. gonna bring that. Oh well, yeah, out. no, it's the next time Nike does a thing. Because the last exactly, time yeah, Nike ultimate uniforms, they had the giant like ass stripe that was just bright orange. <laughs> I remember. Oh, South Carolina, two thousand. Yeah, yeah, it was bad. Yeah. yeah, that was that was a bad time. That was, mm, let's yeah. not talk about that game. But A and M. Does anyone think they'll actually score? I mean, let's think about it. They've got yeah, a brand. They've got like they paid all this money for Jimbo, but. Jimbo's only been really successful when he has an NFL mind playing quarterback for him because his system is so complex. Throw in the fact they don't even have a quarterback yet in a new and extremely complex system against this defense. I think if they score 10 points, it'll be from, from turnover luck or field position. I, I oh, really I think they're just going to dumbass their way into like one touchdown. Just sheerly yeah. off talent. Okay, right. guys, but have you in considered like a this? Thirty-seven to like zero game. They're gonna dumbass their way to one score. Or yeah, Mark yeah, Rick yeah, no field goal. Yeah, they're gonna get one dumbass. Have you considered this though? They have a quarterback whose name is Bo Schneider. They're gonna get two dumbass scores. That's the Wisconsin special. <laughs> Bo Schneider. Bo Schneider. It, all right. I mean, thank you for your Midwestern knowledge. Thank you for that. <laughs> That's like an entire realm of humor I don't even know about because I'm from the South. Like I'm, I'm good at making fun of Southerners, of course, because I am one. But Midwesterners, that's an entire new avenue of humor. We need to play someone in the Big Ten in the playoff again so you can provide us with better, with more, with more takes for that. Oh, if we play yeah. Wisconsin, oh my God, the like clash of cultures. The thing is, delicious. they're like essentially the same thing, but they would hate each other for the exact same reasons. Exactly, <laughs> it'd be great. It'd make no sense, but it'd be awesome. What I like about uh, it. over this 24 7 sports of Bo Schneider because he is a very interesting profile. That's quite a Mississippi name, actually. Um, He's from Dallas and he went to a high school just called Jesuit, which is. Yeah, that's strong Dallas shit. His haircut also just screams Dallas. You know, this is great podcast material, us looking at something (laughs) and an image. Yeah, good radio, oh, guys. Um, shit. Back, back to 
back to uh, Texas A&M and offense. Uh, Jimbo, in, in addition to having his complex um, offense, Jimbo team, Schneider has has brought in uh, Daryl Dickey from Memphis. What his, his <laughs> sort of claim? His his claim is to be running a tempo offense. Yeah, not around huh. so they're gonna get all the way up to like ninetieth in pace. Yeah, Ooh, like what Jimbo do? Yeah. plus tempo you, is like hooking a Ford Pinto to nitrous. No, like, but I don't you know just gotta, how fast it'll go, but it might be, break down. It'll be hurry up and wait, like what Clemson used to do, like in the before. Oh, uh, oh with Watson, mid two thousands. No, it was the mid two thousands. They would run on no huddle, but mm-hmm. they would wait forever to actually like pick a formation. They'd be waiting for the defense to set up first. You know, Jimbo's slow pace plus plus Dickey's really fast pace is going to be hurry <laughs> up and wait. Hey, no, all I'm saying is... It's like they start running like a bunch of under center RPOs. That's the only way I could see that adding an element. All I'm saying is you can't really predict what's going to happen when you give Jimbo that big dicky energy. (laughs) This is my dream panel. This is the dream panel right here. I've wanted this for so long. Uh, Not expecting a lot out of their offense. Um... Defensively, they brought in Mike Elko from Notre Dame. We might remember him from Wake Forest before that. Uh, Clemson scored comfortably in the mid-30s against Mike Elko defenses. Granted, he's likely going to have more talent here. Uh, but defense was not a hallmark of Kevin Sumlin teams. I don't think they had a lot of returning talent on the defensive side um, either. So, you know, not necessarily uh, predicting a blowout here. But, John, what did you say? Bill C. has... Clemson, uh, I'm sorry. A&M. Bill, yeah, B, Bill C gives them the nice big fat 25% chance of winning. Um, it's it's not great. Uh, yeah, it's really high, but I mean, we are at Texas A&M, so I'm giving like 10% for that. Because mm. Clemson's never played in a big game atmosphere before. No, right? no, they, they, I don't think they can handle it, honestly. Um, mm. I mean, they do. Returning production-wise, they return a pretty decent amount, like 80% on defense. But I mean, yeah, I think their defense good. should be solid. It, it might be a relatively low-scoring game. Um, not to say I think we'd score more if Lawrence played more than Bryant. But, I mean, Bryant's style, you know, we, we ground, grinded out a lot of victories last year, especially yeah. on the road with, with getting a lead and then kind of sitting on it. Um, but we yeah. were an efficient offense. We were able to do that. And that, that's kind of how I see this game going. I think Clemson will top out. In the upper twenties, low thirties, and A and M will be lucky to hit double figures. Honestly, yeah, I mean um, they return enough of their pass rush that I would be worried about Clemson mm-hmm. like covering the spread, but mm-hmm. I'm not really worried about a comfortable victory. Right. Uh, I mean, just for me, I feel like this game is going to be. I mean, you can't really judge Furman based on playing time, but uh, I think this game is going to be the first like telltale like how Dabo is going to use Trevor Lawrence. Mm-hmm. Is it going to be just like Deshaun Watson against Georgia, where it's like they put him in and he does amazing, but even though he has the hot hand, they take him back out and they tuck so. him away? It'll mm-hmm. it'll be yeah. exactly like that. I think Lawrence will earn yeah, more and more stats throughout the year, but it, it, I I don't really necessarily think he'll be the starter in September. Like you know, Watson took over against Florida State in 2014. Yeah, I don't think it'll be that cut and dry. I think it'll linger uh, quite a bit longer, and. It may not I just be. don't think we have the schedule to do what Deshaun did in 2014 because it was right. like we had so many big games so early that it was easy yeah. to just be like, oh, look how good he is. Let's just switch. Just do it now. Mm-hmm. Um, but this, it's just like, oh, we play Texas A&M, and then it's just like, uh... Yeah, unless we're finding ourselves trailing in that game. 
because you know we can't move the Kelly can't move the ball, whatever. Right. I don't see that right. happening, as we've said. Um, yeah, they were going to run uh, a lot. What's also interesting, I think, is the expectations there from the Texas A&M faithful. Uh, I don't know that they expect to win this game. I don't know that the pressure is all that all that high for them to win this game. Um, I think it eventually will mount for Jimbo based on the seventy million dollars they're paying him. But uh, I, I I wouldn't necessarily put this. I don't know how like much pressure you can put on the guy. Well, he's got he's ten like guaranteed years. money. Yeah, guaranteed yeah. ten years to care about what they think. In a state with no income tax. Mm. Oh, I didn't think about that. I forgot about that. It's a nice detail. Hmm, it is. Yeah, I don't. I don't think they expect to win it either, honestly. But no, not at all. At least not yet. Like maybe by week twelve, but no one's going to expect that in week two. Mm-hmm. Uh, another very important name factor, though, that we're not considering. They have a defensive tackle. Name is Kingsley Kiki, which is just awesome. Okay, strong, but that's just going to fuck up the spread. <laughs> <laughs> Public money always loves the names. Fair point, but. Uh, Guys, what what would you do with seventy million dollars? I'm guessing not hire Jimbo Fisher. Hmm. Um, I'm for the rest of my life. Yeah. Keep us someone. I'm saying if you're, you know, you gotta gotta put put a football product on the field. Oh, okay. maybe keep keep the Kevin Sumlin. Keep your eight win seasons. Beat Arkansas. Um, buy a couple Gulf streams. Mm-hmm. I just I don't know, guys. Jimbo, not not really adding up to me. Um, it's interesting. Yep. They're they're currently number three in rivals recruiting, but. Do we know Jimbo can go and recruit Texas yet? I mean, well, I, also, like being number three in recruiting now means nothing. Like it, it's just oh, like in July, August. Yeah, exactly. yeah, it, yeah. If you're still behind Bama or Georgia, it's like if you're like, in the, Texas used to be number behind. one every single year around now. Well, and constantly it's Miami as well, where it was like before Mark yeah. got there, it was like, oh, Miami's back because they're number one in September for this. Mm-hmm. Like, just, I, I think they can guys. be successful with Jimbo. I think he'll, you know not only elevate the talent level, but I think he'll put together a much more coherent product. I just won't be a believer unless he gets a future NFL quarterback. And sure, you could say that about say that about anyone's offensive system. <laughs> yeah. But I with don't all know the if talent, you can. like with Oregon, they could run with bullshit. No, that's true. Yeah. Like but there just, were a fair amount of like with us, we could run some bullshit with like Taj Boyd, who was absolute trash. And then, yeah, and then Oregon got a Heisman winner. Well, yeah, of course. Like, it always helps to have that elite level talent, but like, usually a team can like at least yeah, no, the I mean, playoffs to work with the non NFL talent. Like, we made the playoffs with Kelly Bryant, who mm-hmm. I think we all would agree was a non NFL quarterback. Right. That's yeah. true. Like, usually a system can get someone into that top five, top four range. Yeah, I feel right, like but, the whole like, and then they got a, a Heisman winning quarterback kind of helps Matt's argument here because it was like, well, we had Taj Boyd and we went pretty far with him thanks yeah. to our receivers mostly, but then we got Deshaun Watson that we went exactly. Further. You get that guy who's special and you're in a different echelon. Of course, it happens. Like sometimes I, you get that guy who changes everything, but like usually a system can get a guy who's like just pretty good up there. I think Alex's point is Jimbo needs the NFL guy. Oh, no, he does guys. not have yeah. that yet. No, not whatsoever yet. Yeah, I mean, yeah. The spread, you can get away with not NFL talent and just out-scheme everyone or out-tempo everyone. Jimbo runs an NFL system where you need that NFL mind to process well, everything. Plus, all the Right, well, and he always had so much more talent than everyone in the ACC, even us, until the last few years. 
especially defensively. My goodness, it was just absurd. Yet they never really had it completely completely together, except in 2013. Even in 2014, when they went undefeated and made the playoff, they were winning in spite of themselves. And then it all fell apart against Oregon, of course. And yeah. um, even when Jimbo yeah. elevates the talent level, I think they'll compete with Bama. They might be better than Auburn uh, most of the time. But until they have a, you know, a future first rounder at quarterback, I, I don't see them winning the West. Their defensive coordinator is still John Chavis. Yeah, that's a hard no. one. To no, no, he would have hard one. He's gone. It's Mike Elko now from Notre Dame. He was only at Notre Dame one year, though. He replaced Van Gorder. And, um, <laughs> I mean, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about Van Gorder coming up. We'll see him later in the year. We will. We will indeed. Um, sexy beast. I'm pretty sure he looks like a ventriloquist puppet. Am I wrong? I, I just need to refresh what he looks like in my brain. No, you don't. No, I do. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, like, just let him fade into that like vague ACC coach thing where they all look like a bell cad and like, <laughs> live with it. Oh, my God. He looks like an extra on Miami Vice. I'm just going to let that one fade away. I feel like um, it's a lot, the case a lot of the time right. with my, uh, my jokes. A- anything else on A&M, guys? We're Ooh. expecting a... Clean Clemson victory here. Yeah, it'll be um, you know three scores, give or take. Yep, I am excited for the first like quarter when the fans are really into it uh, mm. because they, their souls have been crushed. I'm interested to see if like Clemson starts playing really conservative when we go up like nine points again. Oh, so do the Clemson thing? Yeah, we'll yeah, yeah. Like yeah, the Clemson, we're absolutely. Thing. We will yeah. turtle first we will. game. Yeah, this is the first game we can. Camping watch is a legitimate strategy, Matt. Yeah, it's the only game we can watch for it for like a very good time. So I'm gonna have my eye out for it. Mm-hmm. That's gonna be a fun game. It'll be awkward because I know all the A and M yells, and I'll be trying not to like do them That's with them game. for a time, and then I'll just be trying not to do their yells in spite of them when it's you know a thirty point blowout. <laughs> so yeah, we're feeling confident. We are. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Georgia Southern. Georgia Southern comes into Clemson um, off of a pretty weak 2017. They actually replaced their coach middle of the year last year. Uh, they're still running the option, so that'll be a bit of a warm-up for us leading into Georgia well, Tech the next week. They're running the option again. Yeah, we already had the problem. Well, no, no, but like part of the reason that they had such a bad year last year and part of the reason that they um, fired their coach is because they tried to move away from the option. That's a big no-no in Statesboro. Yeah, no, that does yeah. not go well after. I, only, I have a lot of Georgia Southern opinions. The yeah, only time they've done that before was when Brian Van Gorder was their head coach. Yeah. <laughs> never knew he Who yeah. gave him head coaching? Brian Van Gorder, the constantly present man, which is the craziest <laughs> part. Christ. Yeah, right. honestly, I have no takes for them. The only thing I know about Georgia Southern is that they are like the coastal Carolina of Georgia or the ECU of Georgia. Um, in that mold, that's that's really all I know. What does that mean? Uh, just party school near the beach, I think. I think they're in like Atlanta. I don't know what. No, that's Georgia State. That's Georgia State. Oh, oh yeah. my bad. I yeah. They play at Turner okay. Field. So I know a ton about Georgia Southern. Clearly, yeah. If you're going <laughs> to invade the South, Matt, you should learn the geography. I look. Yeah, you really got to. You got to really got to memorize that that like Atlanta to the sea. I'm working um, on it by counting, all right? I'm not going to go that Sherman route. <laughs> uh, all right, so Georgia Southern. This is actually be our first meeting with them. Um, 
Wow. It's shocking to me. But cool. uh, first meeting. Awesome. We, are t- we're, we come in with a clean 10 and 0 slate against the Sun Belt. Uh, nearly gave one up to Troy a couple years ago. Yeah. But, uh, not yeah, that was not a good day. National champs, doesn't matter. <laughs> Agreed. Yeah, Troy's national championship was awesome. Yeah. <laughs> um, not much to say, though. I mean, their new coach, probably better suited, again, John, to, to run the option here. Um, so we'll see what we get out of them. Um, An interesting tidbit, guys. They're the last FBS team from Georgia to beat a team from Alabama. Nice. Did they beat Troy? They yeah, beat probably. South, South Alabama. Alabama. South Alabama. Mobile represent. Nice. And uh, UGA lost to Alabama. I don't know if you guys knew that part. Yeah, no, I, I remember catching the end of that. Mm. Oh, and before anybody tweets this at us, yes, we know Alabama beat Clemson. Or I don't remember yeah. that. Nah, see, we, we blotted that out pretty well. I was yeah. on muscle relaxers because I had gotten a horrific ski injury like two days before that. Uh, so that was actually convenient timing. I was in the stadium. It was horrible. I was going to be, but uh, in hindsight, I'm glad I was not. <laughs> that was rough. I, um, I did get to watch, while I was in the stadium, I did get to watch the rest of the Rose Bowl, and that was the best football I watched the entire night. Mm, true. That was a good game. Yeah, so Georgia Southern. Let's uh, let's not get any injuries, and let's let's take care of business. Uh, before the next matchup, are you guys good on Georgia Southern? I think we, we are good. It, that's, yeah. It'll be a 40-point game. Uh, yeah, but watch out for that secondary. Like, I'm not saying they're going to do anything with it. I'm just saying that it's going to, like, I think it's going to have an impact on the quarterback race because their secondary is actually really good. Mm. So I feel like it could uh, mess up either um, Trevor Lawrence or Kelly Bryant. Like, you know, just trick them. The team we will not likely have to worry about secondary will be Georgia Tech. Uh, the next week we travel back to Atlanta. Uh, Paul Johnson uh, still there apparently. Hmm. Um, this he brings in for this season his best recruiting class in about six or seven years. He brings in a new defensive coordinator. Um, managed to um, convince them to stay with Paul Johnson, showing he can change. Um, they also have uh, they got rid of Russell Athletic. They're sporting <laughs> uniforms from Adidas. Most important move. Uh, Got to give them kudos for that. I think they actually tried to break the contract to get out of that deal. Were they literally uh, they the last team that had Russell? Oh, yeah. yeah. No, they were absolutely the last team that had Russell. Yeah, I mean, Russell's like, in Atlanta. I don't know if Russell had a D2 team either. Like, I think Russell might be done down to D3. <laughs> hey, they had my high school, though, so they're doing great there. They had past tense. I would check yeah, in on that. This is also true. Russell's been like, taking though. some L's lately. Look, I mean, they I know you can't, get much you can't get any worse than Russell, I know, but I don't think Adidas is any good either. I just don't like their template. I mean, I think it's better than Russell. Of course, of course. Adidas, I still think it's yeah. trash. We can, give them, we can give them Champ Sports or whatever it is, Champion. Yeah, Champion mm-hmm. at least has been like coming yeah, back. I just him up with like Tommy Hilfiger or something like that. No, yeah, you would never see Tommy Hilfiger on the next <laughs> What's the college football team most likely to put Tommy Hilfiger uniforms? Virginia. Virginia's polo. Oh, true. Hmm. Yeah. They call, the, they call their I'm campus going, Browns, so that just that's automatically polo. I'm going to Rutgers. Does NYU have a football team? Does where? NYU, because that would be a Tommy choice. Oh, yeah. Columbia's team is terrible. They get oh, no. Um, UConn. Mm. 
you gotta get you gotta get northeastern with a Maryland. It's Maryland, maybe Maryland's brothers. Yeah, Maryland Maryland can only go with something that looks like somebody threw up onto their jersey. Right, Under Armour. Well, yeah, Under Armour for their jersey, but like. I mean, honestly, if college football starts doing that that thing that the NBA did, where you have a very small logo on the top corner of the jersey, I wouldn't be surprised if Maryland's is like four logo. What would R say? New Spring? Okay, probably. I would support yeah, no, it would absolutely be New Spring. It would oh be bright gosh. green. All the jokes would just flow forever. What would Georgia Tech's uh, sponsor be? Uh, Coca Cola. Reddit. It's got to be nerdy. Um, yeah, oh, so Texas. Be, yeah. Ooh, maybe. No, that'd be Texas Tech, right? Ha. <laughs> uh, no, 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 no. There's this like uh, whatever that generic tortilla is that I get a food line. Oh, ooh, the one, yeah, because they toss tortillas in the stadium. Or, or um, uh, Duracell. Duracell. Apparently, throwing throwing batteries is also one of their things. That's a Philadelphia thing, I thought. Yeah, I think that's like the northeastern corridor. But, hey, <laughs> I just heard. How is back to Georgia Tech though? How, how is Paul Johnson still employed there? Do you feel like they're stuck with him because if they fire it's him, they have to go to a they had, situation? It is absolutely a hostage situation, right? I mean, because if they yeah. were to fire him, like things are going to get way worse before they get better because they've recruited one poorly and two for the option. Just for this, well, I mean, so, that's exactly it. Paul Johnson is is performing mutually assured destruction. Ah, I like it. It makes perfect sense. It does. Yeah. So they just hired a new AD. So I feel like this is his last shot. Mm, yeah. Like, I mean, maybe they're fine with it. Like, every with like time, a random, though, maybe they're fine with a random shot. Be like nine wins, though. All right, let's try having one thought at a time. Yeah. Matt, <laughs> what do you got? Watch him like pull nine wins out of his ass, though. Like every cool. single time, he seems about ready to be fired. That's so what he's he Kirk Ferentz with, with the option. Yeah. yeah, no, he absolutely is going to Iowa with this. You look up one day and he's planted cornfields all over the middle of Atlanta. He'll have a guarantee for six wins, and then they'll never get rid of him. They but did that with the fucking coach tent. before. They did that with that coach who got them to the NCAA like final for the championship game in basketball like fifteen mm-hmm. years ago, and it took them forever to fire him. So you're right. Maybe uh, maybe Paul Johnson's got that same deal because they beat you know they'll beat Georgia on a fluke or something, and they'll they'll sign a huge contract, and then boom, back down to three wins. I mean, do you guys think if they did hire, let's call it a capable coach um, that runs normal, a normal football team, how good could Tech be? They are in Atlanta. I, I think it's they recruit to a different school they than do. other schools. I don't. To me, it's not a, a no-brainer that they would just be an elite program. They wouldn't be. Um, they, I mean, look at – they're kind of late to the whole get good at recruiting party because look at what is around them. Right. Well, they're kind of at a disadvantage even being in Atlanta – even being in Atlanta, they're maybe the tenth or eleventh most popular team in their own city. I mean, they're not even just like NFL teams, but there are so many more. Uh, gosh, there are probably more Clemson fans, more South Carolina fans, Auburn, Alabama, maybe even some Atlanta Atlanta fans are in a three-hour drive. Right, right. Yeah, you've got you've got so many so many more fans of other schools in Atlanta, and Tech is just an afterthought. And it's it's a shame, really, because they could capitalize, but they really need a rebrand which they finally gotten around to but you know i've got three cousins who went to tech one of which played for paul johnson and he absolutely cannot stand paul johnson of course uh, probably because he was a wide receiver which that's a difficult yep, gig, of course. Yep. but yeah, what, what tech fans say uh they say they can't recruit on the same level because they don't have quote easy majors uh 
where they can just funnel athletes. And uh, I think the easiest major for them would probably be something like business management. And they say they just don't have enough majors to entice a lot of the, the higher regarded prospects. And I, I, I want to call BS on that because yeah, there's so I, many I other, other reasons like that they can't call recruit. up Stanford's eight straight second right. place Heisman winners. <laughs> They'll have another this year, won't they? Bryce Love. Oh, with Bryce Love, yeah. But you know, someone will come out of nowhere and take Sorry. it. You know, someone will come out of nowhere and take the Heisman from him because he's yeah, exactly. Yeah, he's coast bias. Maybe okay. So, what about this theory that uh, uh, Paul Johnson's going to like go back to Georgia Southern? I feel like they'd welcome him back unless they're fine with who they have. Yeah, that would be pretty cool. Or um, how old? Uh, I know Bilsey mentioned like the Citadel. Oh, uh, he's like in his sixties, right? He probably has ten years left. I would think. Yeah, he's sixty-one or something. Yeah. Oh, okay. All right. Maybe not ten. Say, he's sixty. Yeah. He, 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 whoa, whoa! He turns sixty-one tomorrow. It's almost his wow. birthday. Well, happy early birthday, Paul Johnson! If you're listening, or if happy you're late birthday! This podcast oh, is going yeah. up. Yeah. We know you're listening. Late birthday. Good. You know, I saw Paul Johnson on an, in an airport one time. I was actually on my way back. From Houston to Atlanta, um, one of my Georgia Tech alum cousins got married. I think this was three years ago. And I'm trying to board the plane, and Paul Johnson steps in front of me and, and literally cut blocks me in line. <laughs> I saw I saw Paul Johnson at ACC know. Media Days, and uh, they were taking the coach picture. And when he sat down, I swear his chair just turned into a rocking chair, and a sweet tea like formed next to him. That dude is like the most old South I've ever seen. It's kind of beautiful how he wears his suit. Where is he on the curmudgeon scale? Ooh, he's up oh, there. He, he is like the bar. Yeah. Does he have more pegs to go on the bar? Honestly, I thought he was pretty nice when I met him on an airplane. Oh, yeah. But like, I feel like when he's just meeting people, he's going to be a nice person. But, you know, when he gets upset, he is quite. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Either on a sideline or in front of a microphone. It's, he's being polite. Yeah. He saw my dad's Clemson shirt, though, and I think he kind of like made a little face. <laughs> Like someone farted. Yeah. Well, that was uh, the year after. This was spring of 2015, so we had lost to them the year before. That was when Deshaun got hurt, of course. That, so. They had a good year in 14. Yeah, I think my there. dad made a face first, honestly. I think he was like, oh, Paul Johnson. And I think Paul Johnson saw my dad looking at him and just kind of like did the half smirk sort of thing. Not quite on the and level. Of, his tongue out. Yeah, not quite on that level of that of that GF from uh, when they beat Florida State on that walk-off. The greatest thing I've ever seen. So how much of our success against Tech the last two, three years uh, would you guys equate to Dorian O'Daniel? Ooh. And where do we – how do we fare this? Uh, I mean, not as much as you would think because I still have the constant image of J. Ron Curse absolutely destroying that D-back a few years ago. Ooh, I remember that too. I feel like it's just a, a, a Brent Venables thing. It is. Kind it's, of, it's the D-line in Venables, yeah. Who do you think emerges? Who's our, who's our visionary player this year? That you, Dexter you Lawrence. I could see Simmons stepping right yeah, in. Yeah, I was going to say Simmons. He's going to do I that outside linebacker. doing the exact him. same thing O'Daniels did against Georgia Tech. Yeah. Like, but, especially uh, given that O'Daniels started as a Georgia Tech specialist, I could see Simmons figuring that out for a game and looking just visionary. Mm-hmm. I mean, but Alex is right. Dexter Lawrence is, like, the difference. Oh, the no, absolutely. No, he's going to just destroy two people's I'd be cool if he uh, didn't play in that game. I don't need <laughs> to box anywhere yeah. near Big Dax. 
Right. We don't, yeah. we don't need him to, to beat Georgia Tech. I mean, we've got enough horses in the stable, so to speak. And if he's the slightest bit gimpy, I would hold him for that game because you know all it takes is one nasty cut block. Mm-hmm. Is that what happened last year? What, like, what actually injured him? It was before that. Okay. I don't know. I'm not sure what exactly. When I heard he was at 50%, I, like, my jaw hit the floor. I've been trying to get a hold of per game stats to figure out, like, can we, can we see a drop off in Dex's, like when he's on the field and not on the field, uh, opponent running, you know, running effectiveness um, to try to pinpoint, yeah, like what was it against Tech? Uh, that was like middle of the season, right? Mm-hmm. I feel like he was hobbled before that. I don't know. That was coming off the bye because we, we, the Syracuse game happened, then we had a bye, and then we played Georgia Tech in that rainstorm. Right. So, oh yeah, that was a notable game for me because it's the only game I've left thirty minutes before it started. I can't lie; that was the most miserable I've ever been in that stadium. I wasn't expecting it to rain that hard because somebody told me it was going to be like one to two inches of rain. I'm like, oh, I can do that. And it wasn't like like a. So wait, it was wearing like a windbreaker and khakis. Compare the rain there to the Notre Dame game. Was it because I went to the Notre Dame game? Uh, Um, it was. It wasn't as bad as that, but um, one, it was colder. Mm-hmm. And two, right. um, I wasn't prepared for. Like the Notre Dame game, I knew it was coming because, of, like, you know, yeah, same. Notre I was not prepared for a downpour. But like, um, I was, I was in the student section. I turned to my friends. It's like I'm gonna go up there and check the weather radar. And if I don't come back, it means I went home. And I looked up, checked the weather radar, left the stadium, sprinted to Esso, and took an Uber home. And I made it back just in time for the first touchdown. Wow! So we didn't even miss any tweets. You're welcome. <laughs> Yeah, I wanted that game to be over at halftime because it, it was similar to Notre Dame that it was an absolute downpour. Um, it was intermittent for a bit, but then in the second half, it was just incessant. And yeah. it wasn't even a fun game like Notre Dame because Notre Dame, we, had, we got out to a big lead. Everyone's excited for a big-name school. Then they start coming back, and it just made it – it went from like a, a wild party to a really tense, exciting game, whereas Georgia Tech was – you know, we got out early, and then we kind of – we turtled, you know. We – uh. We were literally swimming in the field like turtles. That was the swag surfing game. It was. It was. Yeah, appropriate with all the water. That was. That's really the only highlight of that game. Really, it's the highlight of this preview. Mm -hmm. Also, it's talking about it. Also, Brian Van Gorder. I just couldn't figure out where to bring him back up, and I need him to be in every single team now. (laughs) We mentioned the Notre Dame game, so oh, exactly. Yeah, he was their coordinator in that. Yep. Yep. All right. The BBG train rolls. Um, no brakes on this train. That's right. Only odd-looking faces. And um, weird outside linebacker blitzes that are ineffective. Not Georgia his. Tech does, Georgia Tech has a new defensive coordinator. Um, App State, former App State DC, Nate Woody. That's a, that's a real name. And he's um, going to be very good. I am very excited to see what they do with that because, I mean, Georgia Tech's defense wasn't So, bad. wait, 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 wait. We have a Woody and Johnson? Mm, got that big dicky energy. All righty. That's just – we're going to go with that. So, 2016, we all remember that year. That was the first time we got a win in Atlanta. What happened, um, what happened in 2016? Was that a notable year for us? Some things. Some things went down. Uh, first win in Atlanta, first win in Tallahassee in eons. Um, should be another one for us here. Uh, yeah, again, this is just like Georgia Southern. Let's get out of this injury free. I mean, kind of I mean, the biggest thing is that it's in Atlanta. That really scares me because I have constant like 
that weird fake field goal in 2009 um, oh, that God. immediately got like banned. Like the next day, they passed the rule. It's like, yeah, you can't do that. That's not yeah. Impressive. Everything went wrong in that game. It like that, that felt like the South Carolina game in 2012, where everything went wrong. Yeah. Oh yeah, the one where Tyler Boyd threw like five picks in a row or something. Yeah, no, that was 2013, right? That was the. 13 was where the ball kept Which one was where Damian Clowney kind of lost his mind? Yeah. Yeah. The next year was when we had six turnovers. Yeah. And only lost by like a touchdown. Well, it's because like four of those turnovers happened in the last like minute and a half. Right. (laughs) And Sammy Watkins decided to throw a pass. I still blame the play calling for that. But moving on. Moving on. Uh, I have no more to add about tech guys. I don't know about you. Are we good? Yeah, they're nerds. We'll beat them. Sure. Should be a cheap road ticket, though. I would hope so. But I feel like the tech fans who do care will show up. And also, uh, Clemson fans are going to drive the cost way up because there will actually be demand, which is rare for tech. But And uh, you'll see a lot of casuals in Atlanta who like the sport want to see Clemson play. Perhaps, yeah. I didn't consider that. Hmm. Well, get your tickets early then. All right. So week week after Tech, we get into, I believe this is the first game in October. Uh, We host Syracuse. Oh, Christ. (laughs) Important game. Um, Clemson does okay, actually, against Syracuse at home. Uh, we owe them one, obviously, after last year. Um, and then Bill C's preview, I read through that today. Uh, Syracuse apparently cycle has a pretty consistent cycle under Dino throughout the year. October is their best month in terms of just output from that team, and then they fade down the stretch. A lot of that has to do with the health of quarterbacks under Dino. Eric Dungy's back, unfortunately. Uh, he had a career game against us last year, uh, but he he's pretty streaky, I would say. Uh, related to injury. Um, but they do have a four-star quarterback, Tommy DeVito, who is right there to replace Don G if need be. Um, that's kind of all I got on on Syracuse. It turns out Scott Schaefer is no longer with the program either. You know, I think Syracuse is going to be sneakily good this year. They're picked last in the Atlantic, but I think that's a testament to the depth of the Atlantic. Um, right. I think Eric Dungy might be the best quarterback in the league. And their system is actually going to stress Clemson more than anybody else's can. Uh, think about it. how would you how would you try and attack this Clemson defense uh, with quick quick slants or trying to beat them over the top? That's that's what Syracuse does, and they does they do it all at a very fast pace, uh, which is the other Achilles heel of uh, really this this defense in the last few years. Um, with Venables liking to get his adjustments in as late as he can, we've been victimized by tempo before. Even by Jimbo Fisher, actually, in 2016 with that uh, quick toss to the boundary to Dalvin Cook. That was always off of a, a hurry-up. Um, and I'm not going to say it'll be a, ne- a close game necessarily. You know, I think Clemson will come out uh, focused with revenge on their mind, and we know how Clemson always does in revenge games. But I still think Syracuse is underrated and will stress this defense more than anyone except perhaps NC State. Or Florida State, if, if things progress as they hope. The um, issue is they don't have any anything else. They've got nothing on defense, no run game. So it's it's dungy or bust for them. Right, and they've actually also lost their top two wide receivers from production. Right. Point. So, I mean, I think I agree that he's 
I mean, who knows? He can do a lot with with not very much from a receiver standpoint, a talent standpoint. Um, and you know, this will be a month into the year they can get find their footing as an offense. That's their that's their shot. Is kind of uh, maybe trying to stay stay with Clemson in a high scoring game, right? I'm uh, interested in the uh, the quarterbacks that that Syracuse has. They have a bunch of different famous last names. It's like a bunch of knockoff people. They got Eric Dungy, Tommy DeVito, and Rex Culpepper. And like honestly, I feel like the first two are just like celebrities kids. I mean, I'm not even gonna pretend like I know who their actual parents are. But um but uh Rex Culpepper just seems like a Bears fan's nightmare, and that's why I bring it up because uh, Matt's here. Uh, a combination of uh of Rex Grossman and like Dante Culpepper, I don't think he ever played for the Bears. So could let's just say he did. That just sounds like someone who got in for a preseason game. Yeah, just, I have I mean, no idea how long he got in. Which was that uh, the the CFL team? I'm I'm sure uh, Rex Culpepper was their starter. For oh that. yeah, no, that time we brought in Tressman. Yeah, no, I'm sure he gave Rex Culpepper like six touchdowns somehow, some way. I don't even know who you're talking about. Are we talking NFL now? Yeah. No, uh, yeah. Rex Culpepper is still in college, so we're just pretending he's had a long. Okay, good, career. good. Okay, yeah. now we're, now we're yeah. back on Syracuse. All right, cool. It's yeah. kind of like how um, uh, Dexter Lawrence has been an NFL veteran for the last 13 years. But, I agree. Uh, still at Clemson. I yeah. agree. Wake Forest, everyone. Wait, um, hold on, hold on. I'm reading Brian Van Gorder's Wikipedia page. You can edit this part out. Um, his children are Malloy, M-O-L-L-O-Y, Morgan, Mac, Montgomery, Malone, and Freddie. <laughs> what? He had a good what thing going. Fuck? He had a good thing going. <laughs> uh, I feel I feel so bad for Freddie. He's kind of like Peter Cottontail, where it's like Mopsy, Flopsy, Clopsy, and Peter. We are a Brian Van Gorder podcast now. Yep. Brian yeah. was award winner, 2003. Every single photo of him, he looks like he's in an HBO show. <laughs> for better and for worse. I was about to say, he's the antagonist in a cheap HBO show that already... No, he's like a Better Call Saul, like, bit character. Right. Now, when will Brian Van Gorder be the coordinator at, NC- at uh, Wake Forest, I wonder? Do you oh, think that'll happen? Fired from Louisville first. Yeah, he, he's always uh, at a job for just one year, and then he's fired. Yeah, no, like literally the last time in Notre Dame for a little bit. He was at Notre Dame for 2015 and 2016. Wow, that's two years, my God. 2012, 2013, 2014, 2015, 2016, and 2017, he got a new job every year. He was with the Atlanta Falcons for four years, but before that it was like one-off, one-off, one-off. He was their defensive coordinator for four years? Wait, he coaches defense? I think it was like a. I think it was like a temporary thing. Got it. Was that under? Um, was that under the dude who was just at UCLA? Uh, Mike Smith. No. No. Oh, it was under Mike Smith. Like, like Mora, you right? could tell me anyone was coaching UCLA at any point, and I would believe you. Yeah, he was the defensive coordinator to Mike Smith. Yeah. Ah. He was Mike Smith's initial hire for defensive coordinator. Good God. Wow. All right, guys, let's move on to Wake. Um, what we know about Wake, Dave Clawson's their head coach. Strong offensive mind. He's actually given us a couple scares with his teams in recent years. 
uh, but generally the talent level of Clemson has prevailed. But yeah, I it think it really scare me that he's like one of the few coaches that has a five-year plan and he's actually like sticking to it and it's really a problem. Yeah, I mean, he he came in that early sweep of coaches that were like re you know redefining the ACC's floor. Um, I think Clawson was in that first wave, and then you had the Rick hire, the Dino Babers hire, the Bronco Mendenhall hire, to a lesser extent from a success standpoint. But yeah, I mean, if you're a Wake fan, how how much can you really ask for? I mean, their entire offensive line is coming back. I mean, I feel like they're going to be able to do something. Yeah, I don't want to say last year was the ceiling for them um, under Clawson because I think Clawson's great. But they lost probably one of the best quarterbacks they have ever had. And they beat NC State. I mean, I think that's certainly one thing they all want. I think both Wake fans would be thrilled to, uh, you know, talk smack to the Wolfpack fans. Winston and Salem? Yeah, Winston and Salem both. All two of them. I think Dave Clawson is actually really good. I think yeah, that's fantastic. the thing. They're yeah, a very strong team. I am afraid of Dave Clawson. I just have no idea who's on their team right yeah, now. If, if they still had Wolford at quarterback, they'd be a serious concern. Oh, no, absolutely. If they still had Wolford, I would want no part of this. Yeah, they'd be a serious concern. We're, no, I mean, we, all he, of didn't play, he didn't play against us last year. No, and they were still really good. Yeah. They're very good at the whole offense thing, which is enough to be oh, a yeah. problem. Well, I mean, the part of it is that they have really good receivers, and that's kind of the scary part. Is mm-hmm. Yeah, like that's not a good matchup for us on any level. Yeah, our secondaries are relative weakness. And their quarterback is used to getting his ass whooped. It can't get that much worse. Well, I mean, who's, who's their quarterback now, though? Because uh, probably Kendall Hinn, I think. I think they yeah, moved him to receiver because he was their quarterback last year. Yeah, I think they moved him. I could okay. be wrong. Uh, either Jamie Newman, Javon Bowers, or Sam Hartman. Hmm. I don't think it's going to be Sam Hartman. Clearly, we've done all of our banking, like in groups. I just want to point out, like if Sam Hartman was building the next Clemson development, I would believe it. Yep. No, that is Tom Wincott. Yeah. Another another important factor with Wake Forest is that we need to start pretending Tom Wincott is like an ACC quarterback. We can do that. Yeah, well, we, we used to have a punter slide that in for like we, Clemson. Clemson used to have a punter named Win Cop. Hmm. Really? Sounds like a okay. If game. if they still made those NCAA football games, we would create Tom Win Cop in NCAA football. Make him quarterback. Should we make him like decent or or really good? Which one is it? Depending on your view of all the developments, right? Um, so they do turn over the quarterback position this year. I mean, we'll see. This I guess will be a test of Clawson. You know, can he? pull another rabbit out of that um, and find one of his three guys um, to lead this offense. Uh, we go to wake. This is not a Thursday game though. There's not really any type of variable here that I see being a big hurdle for Clemson. Um, but again, you know, if you had to name, everyone loves that BC game as a weird one we could lose. I might put wake in that, in that list myself. Yeah. I mean, honestly, classic trap game now that they're pretty good again. Yeah, I, I just think they have too much to replace uh, at, at quarterback more than anything. Um, John Wolford was was phenomenally underrated, in my opinion. And, I mean, anyone who saw them destroy A&M, or uh, I think they won in a shootout, actually. It wasn't necessarily a blowout. But uh, if you see – if you go back and watch that game, I, there's no one else like that on this roster. And as good as Clawson is, as good as Greg Dortch, their, their receiver is, Who's, who's going to get him the ball? Uh, you know, you're not going to beat Clemson's defense unless you have 
a very, very, very strong quarterback. Um, you know, that's, that's Venable's MO from the beginning. He wants to take away the run, pressure the quarterback, and make a really good quarterback beat him. And, you know, thinking back to the games we've, we've lost, or at least where the defense let us down, I mean, you don't blame Bama last year on the defense, of course. Uh, Syracuse, Eric Dungy had a phenomenal game. And then, of course, the offense was hampered without Bryant. The year before that, Pittsburgh, Nathan Peterman threw for five touchdowns and 400 yards. Well, I mean, and the biggest thing Sean. that weird shovel pass. Yeah, yeah. And before that was Bama in the title game in 2015. Jacob Coker had the game of his life. But, you know, every time the Clemson defense does poorly, it is when – the opposing quarterback is just lighting it up. It's never us getting gashed in the run. Uh, it, it's never necessarily. Yeah, a lot of those instances, there's a lot of injuries. That is true, right? Other than the most recent yeah. Bama game, I'd say like the the Bama, Clemson Bama won. I mean, like as McKenzie Alexander and Shaq Lawson died on the mm-hmm. field. Like they did. Yeah. Um, and then uh, the Pittsburgh game. I don't know if there was a huge injury there, but that game was just weird all around like up until the moment that they they kicked that field goal i was like oh this game's fantastic i love it <laughs> yeah, Deshaun like, oh, had a career day else. yeah he, he had like the acc career day he, I, I, I wouldn't say huh, two interceptions in the end zone is a career day i mean stats look great minus the interceptions. I mean, yeah. you, yeah. you throw the ball like 70 times like you did you're gonna you're gonna mess with something I, it's hard to bet on Wake Forest just as the less experienced and the less talented team right. figuring it out in the second week of October. Mm-hmm. If this is in November, I'm significantly more worried about it, and I think they're going to upset somebody. It's just hard to see them having that quarterback replacement ready to go by week six. Right. If, if there's a, a trap game on the road, yeah. I, I agree with, with uh, the others out there that it's likely Boston College. Yep. Yeah. The more we talk about it, though, is it still a trap? Ooh, I like that idea. If we talk about it, it won't be a trap because we'll make sure everyone is woke. Everyone yeah, is talking about Brian Van Gorder so much. You want to make sure everybody knows that he's uh, he's around when the duel gets here. Hey, he'll be at, he'll be at Wake next year. You'll see. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. See, I, I just wanted to bring him up because uh, there are naturally there. he's moving south, right? Mm-hmm. South Bend, Louisville, <laughs> Winston Salem. I mean, he kind of jumps around. Wake the echoes, though, man. Wake the echoes. Well, I think we're going to take this opportunity to call this part one, um, if you guys are cool. Yeah, we uh, we ran in for quite a bit about yeah. the first six games, didn't we? My yeah, goodness. part two is NC State, so like I feel like that'll get us all ready. Two, to part two is going to be epic. I think we're yeah, part two is a strong start. Part two like has, if. It has NC State, Florida State, Louisville, even though that's not as – Strong as it used to be. Yeah, yeah Louisville's, sort of like, Louisville's mostly just making fun of Papa John's, and I'm totally fine uh, with that. Oh, and yeah. Rick Patino. Like, this will be, that'll that. be easy. Like, their, their fans aren't as mad oh, yeah. anymore since the, you know, they know there's a gap now, whereas the last few years they were still angry. But, oh, they were so oh, mad. Rick Patino is a beacon of stability for that entire program. Just Petrino. Or Petrino, my bad. Uh, I mixed them up. Uh, and Brian Van yeah. Brian Van Gordon was there. Perfect. Yeah. He was there a few years ago. Yeah. Oh, he's their DC right now. Yeah, he's their DC right Louisville. now. Wow. He's Did at Louisville now? Yeah. Oh, it was yeah. Grantham. Okay, I was thinking of Todd Grantham. Grantham. What a, yeah, he's West Southern Brian Van Gordon. Yes, Todd Grantham is the Southern Brian Van Gordon. Mm-hmm. Todd right. Grantham is always a, a nomad as well. Okay. Oh, I thought that was Major Applewhite. 
No, he's been at Houston he's, for a while. He's Texas, Brandon. Yeah. Oh, okay. He's Different. also like an offensive, just True. Brian Van Gorder. Yeah, so Texas Brian Van Gorder makes perfect sense. Yeah, fair uh, point. All right, so part two coming to you guys next. Uh, we will look forward to that. Uh, probably some more compelling matchups to cover. You got a basketball school in there, women's basketball, South Carolina, oh. uh, as, well, as well as Duke. Uh, so we will uh, be sure to come back to you guys. Thanks for tuning in to part one. Thank you to my uh, panel for joining us this time, and go Tigers. Matt, I'm, I'm going to mute you while you cough it out. Uh, you can edit this part out anyway, so. I'm, I'm going to leave it in. Oh, okay. Well, perfect. <laughs>